Welcome sports fans to the hottest sports podcast in the game, JT and the Don, with your hosts, Jimmy Thompson and Donato Bucci. They're covering the most current issues in sports from the 305 to the 412 and all the way to the West Coast. You can follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at JT and the Don or email them at JT and the Don at gmail.com. Now take it away, guys. Welcome to the next episode of JT and the Don. I am the Don, Donato Bucci. And remember to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever you find all of your other favorite podcasts. And remember to leave us a five-star review. Thank you to Nicole Thompson for the wonderful introduction and to our guy, Mike Regina, with the great music, the pump-up music as always. So week two of the NFL's in the books. We're going to talk about that and some other things. But first, let me welcome in everyone's favorite JT, Jimmy Thompson. How are you feeling today? What's going on, man? I'm excited to actually have time to do to talk sports with this man. Busiest man in the world right now. But I'm not going to be too mean to you today because I know once football season starts, you get extra chippy, sensitive. So I just don't want to rile you up. And then, you know, you say something that you're not supposed to. You were already mean to me off the air. So, I mean, might as well continue it. Now, now you're trying to be a nice guy. In front oh, now, everybody. I, so you want me to be mean to you? See, you, I, I've never seen somebody. I want you to be. Before, but I want I you to give be you who, what you asked for, right? I, w- I want you to be who you are, and who you are off the air is you're mean to me, and you're mean to me on the air too. So just continue to do to be you. I just want you to be you. I mean, I think I'm a really nice person, but speaking of being mean, can I? I'll be mean to myself first, right? So let's talk about my dolphins. And let's talk about Lamar Jackson, because if I'm t- anytime I'm talking about the Dolphins, everybody thinks I'm being mean. So you cool with that? You are. Yep. Yeah, whatever. I'm it's cool. called truth. Let's go. <laughs> but no, yeah. Ravens, Dolphins, heck of a game. Uh, if you know by now, Dolphins, amazing comeback win to uh, six touchdowns. But of course, all everyone's talking about is how Lamar and Tua dueled it out. Uh, Dolphins came back to win in unbelievable fashion. Uh, Tua ended up with 469 passing yards, six touchdowns, while Lamar ended up with 318 passing yards, three touchdowns through the air, and another 119 on the ground with a touchdown. Just another day at the office for him. So these two are obviously big topic of conversation. Do you think the performances by Tua and Lamar in this game, do you think they did enough to silence the critics? So in this game, well, yeah, I mean, (laughs) listen, Tua had an all-time record day. I mean, when you're up there with the Dan Marinos of the world and you're playing in that city in that uniform for that franchise, that's pretty impressive. I mean, you listen, I know you're not a Tua guy, but you even you've got to give him his props from this game. Now, in terms of silencing the critics and same with Lamar, over 300 yards passing, over 100 yards running what four total TDs I mean what else could you want from the guy so for at least that day at least that day they silenced their critics now in terms of how long have they silenced them well listen Tua's got to do it consistently and so far he has I mean first game against New England always a tough opponent Bill Belichick first game of the year a lot of rust 
I think he had almost 270 yards and a touchdown, no picks. So, and uh, they got the victory. So he's off to a great start. The question is, can he be consistent and do it over a long stretch? So I think for now he silenced them, but overall not yet. But unlike you, I believe he can silence them. And I believe this is how he can play when he has weapons like this and a head coach that is an offensive guy that can fit his abilities and do what he does best. Looking at Lamar, I mean, I'm not one of his his critics, but I think for Lamar, he's going to have to do it in the playoffs, JT. Plain and simple. I know you don't like that answer, but he's going to have to do what he did against the Dolphins in the playoffs and at least put together one, maybe two victories. If he can play like – I've always said it, even with Tua, if they can play like this, even in a loss – whether it's the playoffs or not, people are going to give them their respect. To me, we're, yes, you've got to win in the playoffs, but if we're talking about individuals here and individual performance and who should get contracts and who should be you know, critiqued, especially through the media, you've just got to perform. You know, if, if Baltimore has no running game or four of their guys are injured in the backfield, but Lamar still has this type of day, like – I don't understand how people could criticize him then, even if he loses in the playoffs. So, but I do believe he's, he doesn't have to win in the playoffs, but he has to play like this in the playoffs for people to say, you know what? He's, he's that legit quarterback that everybody else talks about. Like you and I talk about. Yeah. For Lamar, I think you're basically saying he just doesn't have to be the reason publicly why they think the Ravens lose that playoff game. Like, Correct, like he has to basically have an all an all an all world game, and if they lose, then all right, that's on the not team. You. Yeah, I mean, you and I have always said it that you know he's a franchise type, big contract type of guy. Some don't feel that because of the playoffs, but I think the rap is you look at that Chargers game, especially he got off to just such a bad start. No matter how good that Baltimore team was that year, he got off to a bad start, and it crushed their hopes. So he just has to play like this in the playoffs, and I think people will start to zip up. Well, you know how I feel about the playoffs. I feel if if your whole basis on a quarterback's success is if they win in the playoffs, then a lot of guys aren't good. So I, in a way, I kind of agree with you with Lamar. Actually, for both of these guys, I don't think they did anything to silence the critics just because I don't think – if you're a Lamar hater or if you're a Tua hater, this moved the needle in, there in any way because. But, but JT, does it? It silences them for at least this week. Come on, man. You if for you're Tua, still that for Tua, if, if you're for still Tua, that I was, guy, I will say this. I don't think it silenced them. I think it helped them maybe maybe see him as all right. Maybe he could be a top ten quarterback in the AFC because right now, me personally, I don't think he's top eight because you're talking about Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Russ, Carr. Deshaun so he's nowhere near those guys so now he's fighting for like seventh eighth at best so maybe this performance put him in that conversation after those guys but I think it's still the same thing like they don't think that he is a franchise quarterback because if you look at what people are criticizing them about it's that look he got blown out he played didn't play that well in the beginning the Ravens were already coasting they thought they wanted and he really just you know exploded when the Ravens had basically already mailed it in. And then by the time they realized the game was a game again, it was too late. 
I'm gonna give two a credit. I mean, you brought up Marino. I'll bring up. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick's thrown six touchdowns with the Dolphins. So, look, it was a great game for Lamar. I'm gonna say absolutely not. It didn't silence the critics because his critics have nothing to do with what he does during the regular season. Like you said, the guys won an MVP. If you look at his pace this year. He's already at 40% of the touchdowns that he scored last year through the first two games. Like he's that's insane. So if you look up all the passing efficiency, all the passing metrics that people love when they're bringing up that he can't throw, he's top three or better. So if you have that evidence and then he played the way he played on Sunday. Oh, by the way, first player in NFL history to have a 75 yard touchdown, both on the ground and through the air. If, after that, you still don't think he's good, then it has nothing to do with his play and has nothing to do with the regular season. So I don't think this moved the needle for the haters on either of these guys. I just think it quieted them. If that's quieted you. For, how? I'm I, just saying, like, maybe you, but I, I mean, I still hear the same people that say, oh, if if you thought but, Tua sucked, he's, he's no, still not that great. And then – all the idiots that keep telling us Lamar can't pass, they're still saying it. Well, you're, those you're are at, the critics I'm I'm thinking you're, about. You're you made it sound like I'm one of those critics. No, 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 no. I'm, you're not. You're not. Stop being so sensitive. I know. I'm just saying. Let, hey, look, look, let, look, let's get look, things look. clear. He's a Steelers fan. Let, he loves Lamar. I, I let's. Well, I'll give him that. He is a Lamar. He is a Lamar lover, even though he's a Steelers fan, and he loves Tua. So I'm not saying you hate them. Right. I'm. I'm saying though for this week. Whether you've criticized one of those two guys in the past, I, I think for this week, you, you can't say anything because that was phenomenal what those two guys did. Side note, I will say this. One thing I am convinced about, and I'll admit, I didn't, I'm not saying I was wrong about it, but I will say I'm coming around. I do think Mike McDaniel is for real. And I think if we get a franchise quarterback, like a prototypical one, I think he can probably take us to the Super Bowl in the next five years. I, I'm just getting that vibe and that feeling from, from him and the way the players are just like responding to him and yeah. what I hear coming out of there. It's yeah. it's it's giving me McVay vibes. Yep. I I, I agree. I, I like his demeanor on the sideline and guys didn't quit there against Baltimore. And I think that shows the sign of respect that that they have for him and in you know his coaching ability, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Oh, yeah, for sure. So Speaking of quarterbacks, let's revisit the QB class of 2021, which included the number one overall pick, Trevor Lawrence. Then it was Zach Wilson, got Trey Lance later on in the draft, Justin Fields and Mac Jones, all five of those going in the first 15 picks. However, JT, they've had some struggles during their time in the NFL so far. So, uh, this is definitely a JT type question and topic. Were we wrong to hype up the 2021 QB class? Go, JT. I know you're dying to answer this one. I can't wait to hear your answer on this because it's funny you're saying this is a JT question when the guy that you picked as a top quarterback in that class is knocked out for the season and get well soon, Trey Lance. Ah, oh, you can't throw that in there after you just. <laughs> made fun of me for picking him the best in that class hey look i didn't bring up mason rudolph look i'm giving you a, I'm, I'm giving you credit I asked kevin, you Lance. kevin I, colbert had a first round grade on mason rudolph so kevin if, colbert if i'm thinking like a gm of a two-time super bowl gm hey i i'll take that i'll take that compliment thank you jt oh man this this he'll you'll you'll spin it any way to make yourself look good i get it <laughs> 
This is a, a unique question because w- what's the one thing I always say when it comes to quarterbacks, especially uh, the young ones? Uh, what, what's, I, you, I know you pain, say you don't listen to me, but you listen to me on this. It's all based on their situation and what's around them. Exactly. And I can't think of a, a quarterback class where every one of the quarterbacks they were drafted went to a bad situation, whether it was a talent perspective or it was just bad team perspective from like coaching and GM. Like I think in this class, there's only two potential game changers. I think it's Lawrence and Fields, but they're both in bad spots. Lawrence obviously last year with Urban Meyer and Fields with, I think it's, I still think it's Matt Nagy in a costume out there calling the plays. I don't know what Iberflus and Getsy are doing, but it still feels like Matt Nagy is in the building calling the plays. So those two guys are the only guys that I think have potential based on what I've seen. And all of these quarterbacks just landed in bad spots. Mac Jones landed in the Patriots on their down, their down, uh, downward spiral. Zach Wilson landed with the Jets. Doesn't get much worse than that. And then you got uh, Trey Lance landing with the 49ers when the GM and the coach were split on if they even wanted to take him. And I just don't, I can't remember a situation where so many guys who have first round grades that went that high and teams invested that much in them just all end up in bad situations. And I just think some of these guys aren't good. Like, I don't think there's a ceiling with Mac Jones. I don't know what Trey Lance is going to do. Trevor Lawrence has not looked good. Justin Fields has not looked good. Like none of these guys have looked good. So I just I think we were wrong to hype up this class because I think I think we just thought, okay, there's a bunch of guys that played at big programs. We saw them in a lot of games. They won a lot. There's there's some physical upside, and then boom, we just are all wrong. Like usually one or two of these guys are supposed to hit. None of them have hit. Like that's worrisome. Well, one, you said that Trevor Lawrence was going into a good situation. So now don't he, come back he, and tell me. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Now, now here's the thing. And and I have admitted this. I thought he was going into a good situation because I thought Urban Meyer was a good coach. I was wrong, obviously. Like he went into the worst situation. Like I nobody foresaw that coming. Did I not tell you he wouldn't even get through two years? He didn't even nah, get through you, one. No, but you said you said it wasn't because he was shit. You said he wouldn't get through two years because he would leave for a better opportunity. No. I said he, he wouldn't would do. Inept. No, I said he wouldn't do two years because he he couldn't just handle. He couldn't handle NFL players, and that's kind of what happened. But anyway, all right, all right. We can all say right, that. Corrected, Donstradamus over here called the demise of Urban Meyer. Hey, hey, hey say, good say job, that. Man. Say that name again. That, that, Donstradamus. That, that. Oh, you, that's good. That's you, good. That's good. Do you see any lottery numbers or anything like that? Nah, not in your future, bro. All right, new nah, glass. I, I can't please. give you any. We need to get on that. I can't give you any numbers. Um, no, listen, it's way too early to, to say that we were wrong to hype up this class. One, we're 19 games into these guys' career. And for some of them, they haven't even played 19. I think besides Trevor Lawrence, I don't think any of these guys have played 19. Well, maybe Mac Jones too. I stand corrected there. I don't even know about Mac Jones. But anyway, the other thing is, and most importantly is, time jt you got to give it time in addition to just the 19 games like you have to give them time to actually be on the field two of these guys have been injured trey lance now will miss a whole season where he was supposed to start zach wilson was hurt last year hurt again all right 
So then you look at Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Mac Jones. They've played the most of the three. You just said it. The situations they're in aren't good. There needs to be some time there. And most importantly, while we're not wrong yet to hype it up, even the 1983 draft that had the five studs, all right, a couple of those guys didn't hit. Ken O'Brien and who? Tony Eason. Only three of those five truly hit. Now, it was three Hall of Famers, and I'm not saying there's three Hall of Famers here, but you got to give it time. And to be honest, even if just two of these hit to be multiple-year pro bowlers, then the class wasn't necessarily overhyped. Now, if none of them hit, I'll say there was overhyped. But I just think that two of them need to hit. Could be Trevor Lawrence and Trey Lance, Trevor Lawrence and Fields, you know, Fields it's and Zach be, Wilson. Well, it's going to be Mac Jones because he's already made a Pro Bowl. So that that's your flag bearer. Mac Jones made a Pro Bowl as an alternate, but it's just I, I get what you're saying. Things can turn around there. Things can turn around because they can progress him slowly. He yeah. starts winning playoff games, yeah, and then Bill they can turn the around office. and retire. I, I'm just looking at. I, I agree with you. They it is too soon, but that's just the way the quarterbacks are judged in today's NFL. Like Joe Burrow came into the Bengals and I'm talking about before Jamar chase even got there, he came in and showed like, okay, like, but he was hurt. Yeah. But even he, got before hurt. he got, even before he got hurt his first year, he showed way more upside than any of these guys, but Justin Herbert, I'll throw out because I've never had... seen a first round quarterback go into a situation like that. And even, even, even though you say I dog him, Tua has looked better than these guys. Like, for all the for all the hate that Tua gets, like he at least won once he was a starter. He might not have played to a level of a Burrow or a Herbert, but at least you're like, all right, I don't think he's elite, but I think he's better than these guys. Like he would easily be the top quarterback in this class. But let me ask you this: the class that came out, what was it? Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen, Sam Darnold. There was like another guy in there or something. That's not the Daniel Jones draft, right? I I don't believe so. No. But was, even yeah, okay, so so Darnold, so do you feel Baker, Darnold, Josh Baker, Josh Allen, and there was there was like another guy in there. I can't. Oh, oh was that uh, Dwayne Haskins? No, well, Dwayne, uh, I don't think it was Haskins. It was a uh, Josh Rosen. So, oh gosh. So, would you consider that class overhyped? No, because if how you could look at, how could no, you not? No, no, because here's the thing. I will. Two say of those that, guys aren't class, even on their team anymore, class, and actually, Rosen's pretty much done. That class didn't have as much hype as this one. Oh like my everybody goodness, was taking yes, for Trevor did. Lawrence. Nah, but here's the thing: had way more hype. Here's how. Here's how. Here's nah, how. Answer your question. Here's how I look at that. All of those guys went to equally bad situations at the time as these guys. Josh Allen, Buffalo was terrible. Baker Mayfield, Cleveland, enough said. Sam Darnold, Jets. Josh Allen is the best quarterback on the planet, according to some people, and he survived Buffalo for three three years before he it took off. Baker Mayfield survived Cleveland. Cleveland. How could Come he on. have survived it if he's in Carolina and people are like he's trash in Carolina? He, surv- he survived it. He's he. he he All right, was so successful Justin enough Fields, in Cleveland. Justin Fields is going to survive Chicago. No. Mac Jones made a playoff. I mean, if it's crazy to think that you're saying this class is overhyped, but Baker Mayfield, who everyone was talking about, who's going number one to Cleveland? My God, there's five great options. Like, but that you're class, saying that class isn't overhyped? That class then wasn't as hyped I, as this one was. Oh my! It was just as hyped. I, I remember watching their pro days. That's because you watch everybody's pro day. Anyway, can we go to the next topic? I'm right again on that one. Let's yeah, go. let's go to a quarterback that did not struggle, and we have no doubts that you know he's a superstar, and that's Patrick Mahomes. So, of course, 
The Chiefs are off to two and zero start. Uh, they beat the Cardinals and the Chargers. However, there's still some people that are questioning the explosiveness and the greatness of the entire Chiefs offense this year. Like, like JT, you know. like the guy talking right now, JT. No, no, no. Yeah, chill, yeah, chill. yeah, right. So this is why I'm asking you this question, because I know how much you love Mahomes. Based on what we're seeing, is Patrick Mahomes' career trajectory, is he still trending toward that, that GOAT conversation, or – is he trending towards more of a elite game manager based on like where this offense is right now? Bruh, this is the most dramatic question you have come up with in the history of the show. In the 114 they are, episodes. They are literally asking this question everywhere I, I go online. I look every time I turn on the show. You didn't need to bring this it to this program. About. You didn't let 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 that other stuff be talked about on other shows. Now and, we need to keep up with the social trends. Social media. We need to keep up with the trends. You're old enough. I'm trying. I'm trying to keep you from turning into a dinosaur. Mahomes and game manager in the same sentence. It doesn't go. It doesn't go. So don't ever say that again. All right. I mean, his and I've told you this before. He is the next great one, and he's slowly getting there. I mean, go look to see what he's done. People were criticizing him. Oh, he's starting to throw interceptions. He's he's erratic. And blah 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 blah. All right, Arizona, 360 yards, five touchdowns, no picks, 144.2 rating. That might be a perfect rating. I'm not sure. Chargers, big game, Thursday night. He did what he needed to do to get his team a victory. It wasn't just managing the the offense. He was the offense. 235 yards, two touchdowns, no picks, right? He let Justin Herbert make the mistake at the goal line. Mahomes isn't making that anymore. I think last year was a wake-up call for him that, you know what? I can play spectacular. I don't need to to be throwing bombs, but I can play spectacular. If I play air free, we're going to win a lot of games. We're going to be tough to beat. And don't get that fooled with being a game manager. He is maturing. He's learning. And go back. Yes, that 2018 year was ridiculous. 5,097 yards, 50 touchdowns, 12 picks. But you look at what he did in 2020 and 2021 – over 4,700, then over 4,800 yards passing, 38 touchdowns in 2020, 37 in 2021. Last year, he did throw 13 interceptions. To me, that's not a game manager. In this year, seven TDs, no picks, almost 600 yards through two games. JT, of all the stats I gave, in what world is that a game manager? I, I don't understand who even came up with that possible idea. This is the Chiefs offense that I think is still explosive because it has Mahomes. We saw him make a throw against the Chargers, and we both said that is why Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. That's why he's that guy. That's why he's that guy. I don't know if anyone else is quite like that now. That's kind of like Aaron Rodgers in his prime. Scramble, yeah. throw across his body, pinpoint accuracy. Yeah, you may need to live with one or two, three interceptions like that throughout the year, but I'm taking those chances with Patrick Mahomes every time. That's not a game manager. In fairness, he should have had multiple interceptions in that Chargers game, but the refs, the refs saw it otherwise. But I agree. That's with what's you. part of being great, right? Tom Brady gets those calls. <laughs> Getting lucky, tuck rule. I agree with you, uh, but for different reasons. I still think he is trending toward goat status for two reasons one just name three quarterbacks in the league right now that are better than him i I don't know if i could name 
one or two. Maybe you want to go Josh Allen as far as a complete, but I I'm, I told you if I'm okay. picking if I'm it, picking it, a team without knowing who else is on it, Patrick Mahomes is my QB. Yeah, and the fact that even in a, even in a, a time where everyone has their favorite quarterback, they have quarterbacks that they hate. If you can't name three guys that are better than him, then he's already goaded. And the reason why is just look at the basis of this question. This team is less explosive. You got a declining Kelsey who, if you look at all the metrics for him being out in the field, everything's down. Like it's way down because he's older. No Tyreek. They're throwing to, I don't even, what's 84's name? Is it Watson? Juju's not even involved. I don't even know who the damn running backs are. Like they're throwing, he's throwing to nobodies. And he's undefeated. He is not turning the ball over. And he's carrying this team right now. Like, this is Brady S. Like, this is what Brady would do with the Patriots is carry a bunch of nobodies to greatness. And that's why I think he is still ascending and trending toward GOAT status. And if he plays like this, wins the MVP, gets to AFC title with this team, he's already going to be there, in my opinion. And it goes back to what you said. One of the only good things you've ever said if they still have Andy Reid and they still have Patrick Mahomes, great things will happen. So and I'm not enemy, about enemy. It. Yeah, be enemy too. He's like the wizard behind the curtain that people just don't talk about. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, game manager, ridiculous. Like, especially with this team, it, it's so talent deficient and he's out there just, just dealing with no turnovers. That's crazy. All right. Hey, we kind of finally agree on something there. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. don't remind me. Yeah, that's all right. You you can agree with me sometimes if you want to be correct. All right, so let's go. Let's let's look at some college football here. All right, Georgia, the Georgia Bulldogs have been dominant so far to open a college football season as defending champs, and some are already putting them in the national championship game. All right, oh, excuse me. There, I mean, rightfully so. They should. I mean, the way they play, they sh- they should just give one spot to them and let everybody else compete for everything else. Like I want to see them in the playoffs. I don't. They they can sit out the rest of the year, and I would be happy. Just to, I want Georgia healthy as one of the playoff teams. Make it happen. So, is there talent? It pains me to ask this question, but we've got to. Plus, JT told me I had to. Is there talent in depth enough? to rival the 2001 Miami Hurricanes, which some consider the greatest college football team of all time. Our yeah, Canes. You know, yeah, you know the Canes, 01, that's the holy grail. That's the standard. <laughs> that's the standard for every college football team. And I think sometimes we can be prisoner of the moment, even ourselves, because I know this is something that we oddly brought up for like a couple seconds on the phone over the weekend. We're like, man, like George is just so talented. Are they rivaling the 01 Canes? And then I'm pretty sure, like, after we stopped talking on the phone, we were like, no, nah, no, nah, it's not close. And it's not. It's not even close. And as loaded as this Georgia team is, really, there's only two guys on that roster right now that I would say I'm going to Vegas and put money on that they're not only first round locks in next year's draft, but also possible NFL stars. That's the tight end, Darnell Washington, who I think is a stud. And then Jalen Carter is another just mutant defensive linemen that they breed down there in Georgia. Other than that, I think I don't, I'm not so sure about the rest of these guys. And then let's look at this roster for the Kings again. I know people get tired of us talking about it, but you're putting that team that Georgia has right now against Ed Reed, Vince Wilfork, Brian McKinney, Jeremy Shockey, 
Andre Johnson, Clinton Portis, DJ Williams. Like it goes, it goes on and on. And then not even that. Just look at the backups that were on that team. Second and third stringers. You got Sean Taylor, Frank Gore, uh, McGahey, Kellen Winslow, uh, Antrell World, even guys like Vernon Carey and Carlos Joseph, who were first round draft picks on the line. And it's like, where where do any of those guys that play for Georgia right now start on this team? Like, I don't even know if they make the two deep. Like, they might all just they might redshirt that entire team that Georgia has right now if they were to go transfer to two thousand one. Coral Gables and you know it like no way they're getting on the two deep over most of these guys that are on that team and it's not even close (laughs) all right well well first don't listen Miami Hurricanes 01 team especially they hold a special place in both of our hearts so but let's not bash this Georgia Bulldog I'm not I'm not bashing they they can't even make the two deep (laughs) Because you're lucky this isn't a live call-in show because I'm pretty sure there's going to be a lot of SEC Georgia Bulldog fans that would call in and ream you out for that comment. So, yeah, and and, and they'd be talking about how – how uh, what's his name? Uh, what's the, the guy that transferred from Oregon, the linebacker, Sewell? They'd be like, oh, yeah, Sewell would start on this team. I think not. Like, any safety is not getting – any DB is not getting on the field on this team. The only place where I think Georgia might get some guys on the two deep is maybe offensive line, but I don't know. Like, wow, Ken Dorsey is uh, even even the starter. It's not even close. So let's – hold on a second, though. I think the better question would be – No, no, no. First of all, just just before you, before you pivot, just say, I agree with you. It does not rival the Canes in talent because you're trying to you're trying to dance around, say I'm right without saying I'm right. Listen, the better question is asking: Is last year's Georgia Bulldogs team combined with this one? Well, because that's the way the O one team. You just mm-hmm. mentioned guys like who Sean Taylor and um, you know McGahey. And Kellen, like Kellen Winslow and guys like that. Yeah, yeah, those guys didn't have nearly a big role as they did in 02, right? Compared to 01. Like 02, mm-hmm. it was their team. It was Sean Taylor's. It was it was all of those guys' team. McGahee and Ken Dorsey was a year older. So I think you got to ask last year. And if you look, 11 guys from the Canes team from 02 to 04 in those drafts, so it would have been the 01 team to the 03 team, really. 11 guys were drafted, and I think six went in the first round in, in the draft of 02, which would have been the 01 team. This Georgia Bulldogs team, the way it stands between last year and this year, last this 2022 draft and the upcoming draft, they anticipate possibly 11 guys being drafted as well. And if you look at this upcoming year, they're supposed to have three right now in the first round. All right, you've got uh, Ringo, the, the cornerback, You've got Broderick Jones and the guy that you mentioned, I believe, Jalen Carter. So they're looking at three in the first round coming up. That would be 11 total, which is exactly what the Canes had in that three-year stretch as well. Georgia, this is the difference, though. Georgia had a loss, and I think they got blown out by Bama in the SEC title game. The Canes did not have a loss. Their closest game was a two-point victory against a ranked Virginia Tech team, I believe, in Blacksburg. Very difficult place to play and win. You look at their defensive stats, very similar. So can it rival the 0-1 Canes team? I guess it depends on your definition of rival. Sure, they can put up an argument, but at the end of the day, 
because the Canes defense was a little better in terms of points per game and just the guys they had that turned out to be Hall of Famers like Vince Wilfork and Ed Reed, Georgia Bulldogs, these two years, they've got a lot of work to do later in the NFL, too. So, because like Portis had a very successful run, like yeah, yeah, it's, it's Andre it's hard Johnson, to Andre yeah. Johnson, like it. I I am not sure right now which Georgia Bulldogs get to the Hall of Fame. Like Trayvon Walker, he could be he could be the next Wolf Fork. I don't know in terms of comparisons, but he's got a long way to go to get to the Hall of Fame and Vince Wolfork level. So yeah, yeah. let's see what they do in the NFL. But right now, initially, yeah, there could be an argument. But at the end of the day, unless you're picking the 01 Kings, you're going to lose that argument. Yeah, and, and I know that's always tough because one story has already been written and the other one's right. just beginning. But when I when I looked at this question, I looked at it as where I viewed those players when they were coming out of college. And they I view I viewed all those guys that name with the canes. I'm like, oh, those are gonna be NFL studs because you just saw it. Now I'm not saying Georgia doesn't have studs. I just don't think they have as many like impact all pro guys at an early level that Miami had coming out. And I'm just going strictly off of how I viewed those guys when they were coming out back in 01. So like we knew Ed Reed was going to be great. We knew Wilford was going to be great. DJ Williams was number one player in high school. Like we knew he was going to be good. All those running backs, Gore, McGahee, like Portis, like you just, you knew that you knew that they were going to be good. Like I, I think there's, if you're doing the last two years, I think there's about four guys that I would like put like put my money on that like I think these guys are going to be great. Two of them are still on the team. I already said, and I'll even give you. Uh, you said Bowers is one of them, right? The tight end. Well, I did not because I was looking just at the defense. Yeah, it's like that I was defense, looking. Just, but... So if you want to include James Cook, got drafted. You have that tight end, like. But James this Cook team's com- getting but there. James Cook coming out and getting drafted, like nobody thought he was going to have the same impact as like a Frank Gore. Like that's my point. Like. Every one of these guys that were produced on the 01 team were just, you knew they were going to be all pros. Like you just knew it because you could see it. We're like, I don't, I don't remember any of those guys coming out from the Canes being like, ah, okay, he's good, but he'll probably be like an auxiliary piece in the NFL, like James Cook would be, or you know, like a like a Sony Michelle. Like I I just didn't look but, at them that way. I looked at them as franchise players, studs. But I mean, I don't know. You got George Pickens. Like, you look at that defense. Four guys went in the first round from Georgia. I think you're discredited. Listen, Trayvon Walker, he went number one overall, right? Like, they're expecting big impact. You got Jordan Davis. You know, Devontae White. I mean, N'Kobe Dean. Like, they're expecting stuff from these guys. Yeah, but, like. Just poo-poo them to the side. I'm I'm not, but, like, Ed Reed. Ed Reed. Guys like that, Andre Johnson, they're coming into the league and like, all right, these guys are trying, these guys are faces of their teams and they're like fighting for Pro Bowl the first year. Like, Nicobe Dean is a nice player. I think he's going to be good, but like, is he really that type of impact player? Like, you're talking about, okay, who is coming into the league and being like a Micah Parsons type impact or a Nick Bosa? Like, I just don't think Georgia is throwing those types of guys in the league where in Miami we did. Like, every position we put in the league was having that type of impact early on. Like, they were having that Bosa impact, that Michael Parsons or that Jamar Chase type impact, where I think Georgia is just, there's volume there, and these are good players, where Miami has volume and the players are special when they were coming out. And that's just what I'm saying. Okay. All right, but we do agree. Like, they're if we line them up, and we'll 
bring back the players from last year. They're not beating the old one Canes, right? Because I don't know. You've been acting a little funny since you went to College Station. <laughs> no, I, I don't think I don't think they beat them. Um, but it's not a blowout either. Like, I don't think Georgia beats the, that 0-1 Canes team, but listen, don't expect the Canes to do on Georgia what they did in Nebraska in the Rose Bowl title game. Come on. Oh, man. yeah, that was that was the worst <laughs> matchup. Somebody in Vegas got fired for setting that game up. <laughs> All right, but uh, speaking of Nebraska, perfect segue. See, this is why we pay him so much money. The guy is a genius. It's not just the glasses and the hair. Like, he's actually really smart. Wow. So I don't know if you saw this, but uh, college game today, yep. Corn Huskers. Uh, if you want to see it, we posted the video on IG. Go check it out. Uh, everybody knows by now, Nebraska fired Scott Frost finally <laughs> prior to last weekend's game, but it did not change the results on the scoreboard. Nebraska still lost. They still look terrible. But college game day before the game, Urban Meyer was a guest and Nebraska fans were calling for Urban Meyer to be hired, literally screaming his name. So that got me thinking, should Nebraska seriously consider doing it? Because it's so tempting. Should they, should they, you know, reach out to Urban, hit him up, see what he's up to, see if he's interested? Nope. That's a hard pass. Next question. I, uh, I mean, much- I, I don't know what else needs to be said. I've told you this before. He's not going to last that long there, right? Because – if he starts to turn it around, he'll take a, a better job. Or as soon as it starts to get difficult and he realizes, huh, this isn't Gainesville. This isn't Columbus. This isn't the SEC. Like, he's going to leave. And he's not going to want to play Ohio State every year in Nebraska. Like, he's just not. And so he's either going to leave to take a better job if he starts to have some success or – He's going to bail when it gets difficult. So why would you want that for your program? And then the most important thing, everywhere he goes, yeah, maybe he's won, but a lot of bad comes with it too. Look at Jacksonville. Look at Ohio State. Look at Florida. Like at some point, and it's catching up to him, right? At some point, it's going to catch up with your program too, Nebraska. So – do you really want that? I mean, to me, I wouldn't want that if I'm Nebraska because that's kind of a slap in the face to Tom Osborne and, and the guys that built that program. But, hey, I understand nowadays it's all about winning, money, getting the big, getting the big, you know, donations. And to do that, you got to win and you got to compete. It's an arms race with all these facilities. But Nebraska got, has to look in the mirror, too, and say, all right, has this Big Ten really benefited have we benefited from the Big Ten move besides the money? I mean, it's not looking like it because it's tough to win in the Big Ten and Nebraska just isn't ready for it. So, JT, for me, it'd be a hard pass. I wouldn't even consider it if I'm the University of Nebraska, if I want to keep my, my morals and, and values as a program and university. So let me ask you a question. If Pitt was like, look, we're going to fire Narduzzi because Urban Meyer wants to come in, you're going to say no to that? I, listen, that's a, that's a good question. It's a fair question. I mean, I can't speak for for Pitt fans. And, Please don't speak for them. 
And and they've had a little bit longer of a wait than Nebraska fans, obviously, because Nebraska fans had success in the whole 80s in pretty much all of the 90s. And even when they had Solich and Bo Pelini. So, yes, it's been a while, but they've had success into the 2000s, right? We just talked about it, how they lost to Miami in, in the 02 Rose Bowl. So they've had that success recent. Pitt, that's, that's a good question. If I'm the Pitt program – you saying yes i would say let's try to let's try to find a coach one they should not get rid of narduzzi but two find a coach that's going to meet your but values getting, as an institution getting it's rid your of value for urban meyer though it's 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 not like we're getting rid of narduzzi for like the oc at some program listen, like or josh heupel like it's it's listen, not, it's urban here, meyer here is my blanket answer no i Yes, it's no. No program at this point would would I go after him, but that's just me because I've seen it at Florida. I've seen it at Ohio State. I've seen it at Jacksonville. At what point do we say, all right, we're blatantly saying it's all about winning. We don't care about the value of the program and how our students are valued and how are you setting as an example as a role, role model, right? Because he hit a lot of stuff at Ohio State for his coach. Which brings me to my answer. Brings me to my answer. Absolutely. For all the reasons you said, in college football, it's about winning. That's all that matters. And I think for Nebraska, it's a good thing because, one, you're getting him at a discount. Not only is his value low because of what happened in Jacksonville, but he is going to be inspired to at least keep his shadiness more hidden than usual. So Nebraska, I don't see what I don't see what the big deal is. You know what you're getting, both good and bad with him. He can recruit, he can coach, at least at the college level. And fan bases still think he's elite. So that plays well with the crowd. Obviously, you saw how they were chanting for him. And it also plays well with the boosters. And Urban Meyer has a proven record of fast-tracking success at programs. He's won national championships. His last two stops had Utah on the map. Like it it, it seems like a good fit. And then Nebraska is in what the Big Ten West, so I think that that is kind of like a sleeping giant in that division if he goes because Nebraska, oddly enough, I don't know why they still get kids that should not be playing there to go there, and they still are sort of like a destination for some mid-level coaches that are the next ones that are up and coming. So now that when they get there, good things don't happen, but people still on some level view Nebraska as like a mid-level destination. You put Urban Meyer there, he's maybe humble a little bit, and you could be looking at, okay, we're getting back to 10-11 wins in the next two, three years, and we're getting in the we're getting a whole bunch of big-time recruits in the era of NIL. So I say, why not take a chance? Like if anything, it's, it's low risk for them because everybody expects urban Meyer to be a, be bad. So what if he's not, and he does a good job, then it's a win-win. I would take the chance. I, I disagree. I think at some point it's like, Hey man, stick with announcing stick in the, in the uh, pregame shows and, you're just a good guy. You're 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 a good guy. I think I think there's just some people you wouldn't hire, even if they could guarantee you something, because you got morals. See, that's that's Don. Don has morals. He will stick to six wins 
if it wow. if if it means right. he has to compromise on, his integrity. On to the next topic. Speaking you of would, integrity, look, look at how you set this one up. Speaking of integrity, wow. Let's let's talk about Brett Favre. I know you've been wanting to talk about this. The Mississippi Department of Human Services filed suit against multiple defendants, including Hall of Fame quarterback Brett Favre, that alleges that he received state funds that were to help low-income families. Instead, that money went to Favre to help eventually build a volleyball facility at the University of Southern Mississippi, where he played football, where his daughter played volleyball at that time, and where former Mississippi Governor Phil Bryan attended college. So, JT, two-part question here. Should he receive prison time for this? And let's say if he does, or let's say regardless, with this whole scheme and fraud that went on, how does this affect his legacy and should he be removed from the Pro Football Hall of Fame? All right, so let's tackle the prison question first. Absolutely. And I'm just going off of him being a football player. I'm going to keep it in the sports arena. I'm looking at one Michael Vick who did 18 months for dogfighting. Okay. Brett Favre stole $5 million from 600,000 of the poorest people in the poorest state in the country. And to make matters worse, between Favre, the governor, and all their co-conspirators, they stole, what, $77 million? So if 48 dogs gets you 18 months, do the math on defrauding 600,000 people. And that's why I think Brett Favre should definitely go to prison. And that should determine his sentence. Like, it's absolutely ridiculous. If you look at what's going on in Mississippi with not having clean water, state economics, and this guy is taking $5 million in welfare money, and he's already established and rich. Like, that's ridiculous. And then you're the attorney. You tell me, like, can they get these guys on a RICO? Because they got text messages, all of them committing the same crime. This is a, I mean, 77 billion seems like major fraud to me. So he should definitely be getting the max prison sentence that he can get for this crime. And I wish that you can tie them all together and give them all the max. Yeah, absolutely. He should go to prison. Do you want to answer that question first? Or you want me to go on to about his legacy? I'll answer it first. So, man, you bringing up Rico. Whoa, whoa what do we got here? The Rico, the mafia, hey, look, look, the man. Mafia. look so, man, I've, I've been but, studying. But this is the thing, JT. This is a civil suit. And they've already said, they've already filed criminal, they already had basically criminal, charge, criminal charges filed against the program director. And I believe they pleaded guilty. And they've already said they're not bringing criminal charges against Brett Favre. So, he is not going to prison just by law because they're not these are civil charges and not criminal charges. So can't go to jail for these specific civil charges um, that have already been filed. And like I said, they're not going to be filing criminal charges against him. Um, and it's like one of those things, you know, it's usually the organizer or the one that the ringleader that always gets the criminal charges, not the people that are also kind of in, in that circle that didn't quite head it up, right? He was a part of it for sure, but he didn't organize that whole scheme. And usually- They want the cartel leader, I get yeah, it. Right. And, and so that's why he's not going to go to jail 
for it. You, you, you bring up an interesting point bringing in the Michael Vick um, situation with him going to prison. But I'm just saying here that Brett Favre is not just because these are this is a civil suit. All right. I mean, that's why we have him on. He's our legal expert. Brett Favre's not going not, to jail really pisses me expert. off. I just don't I just don't get how you can steal that much money fraudulently and not serve any time. Now, the legacy, um, I think we both agree it should be over. At a minimum, I think he should be getting the same around the clock smoke from the media that Vic and even Kaepernick got for what, you know, for what people thought they did was wrong. Cap, obviously, with the protest, which nothing criminal, nothing wrong about that, but still the negative press. And then Michael Vick, of course, who still to this day is getting negative press about dogfighting that he actually physically didn't do himself. So, yeah, I think his legacy should be over. Like, this is right up there. And I don't want to, I don't want to make it seem like I'm joking, but this is right up there with what Pete Rose did when you're talking about like Hall of Fame and legacy. And this is right up there with the rumors about Carl Malone. Like, and we know, and you know what I'm talking about. So Carl Malone is obviously a different thing, but it's just one of those things where like, it's never going to go away. Like it's always going to be attached to your name. Pete Rose. I'm just bringing that up because it's money related with sports. And it's like in, in a lot of ways, Brett Favre is right below what Carl Malone did and way above what Pete Rose did. So I think his legacy should be through. I think he should be kicked out of the Hall of Fame for sure. Because if you leave him in there, that just says that character doesn't matter for the people to get in. Like these are the same people that were arguing whether or not T.O. should get in because they didn't like the way he talked. But Brett Favre is out here defrauding people of money that's meant for them, but it's okay for him to stay in. Like I'd throw his Hall of Fame bust into oncoming traffic. You know what? No, better yet. I take it and sell it and donate the proceeds to the people of the community that he defrauded. Like no way he should stay in the hall of fame, give back the jacket, give back everything. I, I think his character continues to take a hit. Cause remember he did some um, suspect things when he was with the New York jets as well. Right. Yeah. Not, I don't know if not you to remember. Mention, yeah. Not to mention cheating on his wife uh, continuously while she was sick. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, his character, yeah, his character continues to be questioned, continues to take a hit. And, I mean, what he did is really just, I mean, completely unacceptable. Um, and there's a reason why they filed civil suit against him, right? It's illegal, immoral. Um, and, you, you know, you wonder why someone like him why anyone has to do that but especially someone that was in his position as a as a former uh hall of famer has made million over a hundred million dollars um it, it really is a shame what he did to the people of mississippi and though and, 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 you know what makes it even worse i don't want to i don't mean to cut you off but it makes it even worse is one obviously you didn't need the money like you didn't need this money in any way but Imagine how much the people of Mississippi actually look up to you. Like mm -hmm. you are the most famous athlete to ever come out of Mississippi. Like, to be honest with you, if he would have asked for five million dollars, they probably would have given it to him. Like they would be like, you know what? We love Brett Favre. Let, 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 give him the money. But like you stole from people where you are so you are supposed to be their hero. Like everybody, regardless of what side of the line you're on in Mississippi, I guarantee you the one common thing that people can agree on is they love Brett Favre. And for you to do that to them is just, it just speaks to you as a shitty person.
like at the lowest level. Yeah, I mean, the the sad part, in addition to all of that, there is another sad part, too. You talk about legacy, JT. I think, unfortunately, and I always say this, go 20 years down the road, right? Like, when we look back at guys like Terry Bradshaw, Staubach, Montana, that is, we're now, like, 30, 40, 45 years removed from when they played, right? And I think that you go 20, 30, 20, 25 years into the future when young kids are debating how we do, who's the top five quarterbacks, you know, Elway, Montana, Marino, Brady, like his name is still going to come up. But in 20, 30 years, unfortunately, I don't think people are going to remember this about him. They're not going to remember his stuff that he did, what, what the sexual harassment stuff that he did with the Jets. The unfortunately, unfor- yeah, unfortunately, that's not going to come up. So when you talk about legacy, I, I still don't think, and I just think it's the way the way sports fans are, that in 20, 30 years down the road, down the line, this part of his legacy is not going to be brought up, unfortunately. And but that that also has to do with how the media is covering it, which to quite frankly is almost, not at all. Almost non-existent. Yeah, like right. the reason and, the reason why dog fighting will always be a part of Michael Vick's legacy or protesting the national anthem will be a part of Cavs is like you couldn't get every time you turn on the TV it's there and it was I have not heard one thing on TV about Brett Favre and correct me if I'm wrong is doesn't he have a show at ESPN he does I believe he does so like even worse that and that's the thing like they didn't let him go right I don't think they've fired him so it it is it I mean you're right in terms of the media coverage not getting any media coverage not getting enough for what he has done compared to what other athletes have also done so in terms of the hall of fame looked into it and i think i I found the correct info here by rule the pro football hall of fame does not remove enshrinees after election so Uh, and they say and they say that extends to those who have served prison times the, or served prison time, those with controversial backgrounds, and anything in between. Once elected, nothing in the Pro Football Hall of Fame's bylaws allows for the removal of a Hall of Fame member. So it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter what they do afterward. Once they're in, they are in. It makes sense. because That's kind of the hard rule be, the Pro Football Hall of Fame has. Lawrence Taylor could have been out years ago if we're going by that, by that rule. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, he won't go to prison, but hopefully he'll at least have to pay the interest on the money that he took. Right. Because he back. had still owed that. And I think that's why they were bringing the charges. Yeah. All right. Sometimes it's better to be lucky. Right. So let's go to a Corona extra topic. Hey, uh, we this, brought it back. We brought, we it, brought back. it back. He snuck it in here. He does this. Uh, that means trivia is coming at some point in one of these next episodes. So. I'm already bracing for it, but this is actually a really good question. Um, any sport, who is the most disrespected superstar in all of sports and why? I, I think it's easy. It's LeBron James. It's LeBron James. He always has to be compared to MJ's six titles, no losses. I mean, the guy could break every record in the world, Could has gone to 10 straight finals, 10 straight finals, and it will never be good enough for anybody, especially MJ fans. And 
we've had this argument. We've talked about it. There's at least got to be an argument, LeBron MJ, who's the best of all time. If if you are just throwing that debate to the side and saying it's MJ, move on, then again, you're disrespecting LeBron, but you're not appreciating his greatness as far as just a basketball player. And again, I think it's an easy answer, JT. I mean, he may be the greatest basketball player of all time. And yet, yet still has to take all of the, he has to hear all of the stuff about MJ, about this, about that, about Miami, about, you know, losing to the Dallas Mavericks, blah, 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 as if MJ was perfect. Like, get over it. MJ was not perfect. Neither yeah, is you, LeBron. You said but, that a lot. MJ is not perfect. I think you should, one, well, I think you should trademark that, and I think you should get shirts that say MJ is not perfect. And we should wear those because <laughs> you said that a couple times, and every time you say it, it just keeps resonating with me. And I think you pissed off a few people the first couple times you said it. Uh, Le- LeBron is, a- is obviously a good answer. The one thing that I will say is why I didn't pick LeBron is him being hated on. Some of them is some of the stuff that he's done to himself. So I really can't blame people for that, the decision. But most of his hate is really compared to one person. Like nobody is doubting his greatness overall. And nobody is doubting him to the point where they don't value him. Like LeBron can make as much money as he wants to. People will pay him whatever he asks for. Like, I can't, it's hard to say he's the most disrespected when he still is very valuable and, and everybody's going to pay him JT, what he's worth or what, more than he's worth. It's just, it's just Michael, it's just people are not saying that he's better than Michael Jordan. And, and that's going to change over time because, I mean, those people are not going to be with us anymore. So, LeBron, this, this, this conversation could be irrelevant, let's say 20 years from now, when all the MJ people are gone and we've seen LeBron finish up. By the way, how many times in his whole career has he been the highest paid player in the NBA? I don't know the answer, but I well, can guarantee well, you this. Well, I, guess, I bet we can count because, it on one it's hand. It's different because he obviously can do that to make he can make money off the court to where he can have a better team around him. Well, so I get that. But still, he still not I think he was. Then. I think he was one of those years in Cleveland. I think he was the highest paid player for that year at one point. He finally did it. I but think we can count it on one hand and he's been around I 20 years. I get it. Uh, LeBron's a great answer, but I'm going Lamar Jackson. And I knew you were. It's Lamar. I knew ex- this is exactly why you put this topic down. No, I knew actually, it. no, I put this topic in because somebody, uh, somebody asked me this question uh, in the text, and I thought it was good, and I didn't have an answer at the moment because I wanted to pick LeBron. I wanted to pick somebody else too, but um, it's Lamar Jackson, and it's just simply because nobody gets more hate for checking boxes than him, like. Every time he does something that people was like, hey, you got to do this. He does it. They just move the goalposts like, oh, you got to win. He wins. You got to win awards. He wins MVP. You got to get to the playoffs. He gets to the playoffs. You got to win a playoff game. He wins a playoff game. You got to be a better passer. Oh, he is one of the top passers in the league. Like, what more does the dude have to do for people to stop moving the goalposts? And here's here's the other reason why I picked Lamar. You can tell he's the most disrespected because financially – the league does not value him. It's not just the Ravens. People just don't value him. They treat him like he's Todd Gurley after his knee exploded. Like, oh, yeah, throw him to the side. He's replaceable. Let's put Tyler Huntley in there. Let's put any one of the black quarterbacks that got a single digit that's on the Ravens' second or third string, and they'll play just as good as Lamar. Like, it's not even close. Like, 
And you see, even as he is playing lights out right now, he's still getting disrespected. Like, is he paid? No. Are people still saying all the things that I mentioned about him? Absolutely. Got to go with Lamar. Easy answer. It's a good answer. And I think you are right there in terms of he gets he's he's disrespected. He's a disrespected superstar. But it's always going to be LeBron. That answer is always going to be LeBron, JT. Sorry. LeBron may be the – think about this. LeBron may be the greatest basketball player of all time, one of the greatest athletes of all time. He's definitely top three. There's no debate. You mean athlete of all time or – Yeah, I think he's top three athlete of all time. Like he's a freak of nature. And he may be the greatest basketball player. He's number one or number two. Yeah. And for him to be disrespected like this – I don't care if it's because of the decision. I don't care if it's because he teamed up with his buddy. When you say LeBron is being disrespected, like, okay, I I don't want you to. It's from everybody. Hold on. Hold on. Let me explain what I mean. It is definitely from the fans. It is definitely from the media. That's and that's what I was going to say. It's even from players on his team. It's even from players in the league. I don't want you to confuse disrespect with a villain because if that's the way you're going to go about it then you just describe tom brady but tom brady is not being disrespected like he is just a villain because he's so good like you can't and he's valued that way too tom brady can go anywhere but there's a a difference but there's a difference the disrespect part is when we're talking about goat status you never see people just say oh it's joe montana next question no there's at least an argument. Whether you're a Montana guy or a Brady guy, they're willing to listen. Uh, I think it's I think it's pretty much over. I don't think anybody's debating who's the best. I think it's just okay. Brady and So there you else. go. That's even a better example. But, but he's a villain. No a, one brings up, thing. oh, but Brady lost three times in the Super Bowl. You never hear that. But you always hear that with LeBron. You always hear that with LeBron. I guarantee you if Brady only had four Super Bowls, but it took him seven to get to four, even if he had not won these other two or three, whatever he did at this point, he was losing always, track, running like, out of fingers. Like there would at least be a conversation there against against Montana. But yeah. here, MJ is always the answer is number one, and it's like I don't understand. I hate I hate that just as much as you, but I think but that's my whole point. And, and that, I'm not saying LeBron is not disrespected, but to say he's the most disrespected, I looked at it, I look at it as this way: to be the most disrespected athlete, one, you got to be a baller. We agree. And two, you got to be disrespected in multiple ways. Like, it's got to also be tied to your value, like how people value you. Like, people still value LeBron. He's a brand. They think he's a, a top 10 player in the league still. Like, every anybody would, would if LeBron was like, if LeBron put himself on the trade block, like in the sleeper app where it notifies everybody, everybody would be making a deal to get LeBron. Lamar Jackson, I'm not so sure because he can't even get paid from his own team. And, so, and that's so- just... That's just how I look at it. I understand. So let me ask you this. Lamar gets to a Super Bowl this year. Let's say he wins it. He gets his $236 million guaranteed. Is is he still the answer to this? Yeah, because are people uh, still saying he can't he can't pass? He's not a quarterback. It doesn't like, matter. It doesn't matter paid, at that point because you said multiple levels. He's getting paid. He's getting more guaranteed money than Deshaun Watson, and he wins a Super Bowl. Half his critics go away. How is he still the answer? That's why I'll, it's LeBron. I'll believe it's, it. LeBron is this answer for, until the end I'll, of time, in my opinion. First of all, Lamar Jackson's critics disappearing. <laughs> I'll they, believe it when I've seen they it. They disappeared I've seen this, this week trick before. 
he he does something that they're like do this and they just they just double down so forget how much they loved him in that mvp season until he struggled against the chargers you got you got to admit that as a Steeler fan, I, I got hearing, sick of it. I was still hearing he couldn't as, pass this. As a Steeler fan, I got sick of it. I, every every Monday morning, I had to see his highlights. Sometimes it looked the same highlight, but no, nah, he was just doing multiple times. <laughs> All right, let, let's go to the real reason why they pay us to come on this show. Yeah. We, we split last week in the college, but I think I beat you in the NFL one for sure. We split in college? Yeah, we did because we we both uh, picked one. We were one and two. We both picked Miami. You picked Oregon, and I picked Penn State. Okay, so we were one. We're one and two in college on the year. And then what's your NFL? Hold on, I'll I'll, I'll look at this right now. See, this is our show. We can do what we want. We can take an intermission to look up. You know who picked what? Uh, NFL. I was gonna here. look too. Here, here, here we, we go. go. Here we go. Uh, here we, we both go. got the Chiefs. Um, we. We lost with the Saints, both of us. Um, I picked the Cardinals. You picked the Raiders. We both picked the Bills. And I picked the Eagles, and you picked the Vikings. Man, I had that Raiders one. I had yep. that Raiders one. It ain't over till it's over. So you were 2-0, 3-0. The Bucks won, right? Yeah, we lost the Bucks one. And so you were 4-1. and 4-1. And I was one, and I was two and three. I got some work to I got some work to do. I ain't sweating it. I'm only which, two. Which games is back. why, which is why I, I'm giving you a chance to catch up. Uh, I got a surprise for you. I put a few extra games in here to kind of help boost your uh, your chances of wow, catching. This, this guy, this guy must have talked to Vegas. Run! Oh, you know I got him on. Speed you down. threw a couple more in here. I mean. These are like big games, JT. Don't I go know. get just, one just, and two just teams. Just, just go along with it. Just go ahead. I mean, I hope you put some other sports maybe in here then. All right, so college football first. Clemson at Wake, who you got? Clemson. I just think people are doubting them. They're just going to win 10 games again, so I got to go with them. I've got Clemson too. Uh, Florida at Tennessee. Tennessee. Florida is – they're lucky, man. Uh Richardson is terrible. I've like got if, if they don't, if they were benching him, I would pick Florida. But the fact that I know he's going to be out there throwing multiple picks, easy picks, and Tennessee, they're at least going to put up offense. Yeah, I got to take them at home. I've got Tennessee as well. Arkansas at A and M. Oh, this was tough. I'm going to Arkansas. Oh man, me too. Dang, All right. I can't make up any ground there. You got any other surprise college ones you want to throw in? Nah, they're all they're all NFL ones. All right, so maybe the game of the weekend, Bills at Dolphins. Oh, Bills. They Josh Allen owns the Dolphins. Until I see something different, it's not even going to be close. Man, now that you said that, I want to take the Dolphins. I'll stick with the Bills. I'll stick with the Bills. Man. Yeah, because you want to win. We're four. <laughs> no, I just say it. We're four for four. Packers at Bucks. This was tough. I want to say the Packers. I'm going to Packers. I just, I just Ooh, feel like the Bucks okay. are Bucks are in its tailspin right now. All right, I'm taking the Bucks. They, they've got Aaron Rodgers' number, Green Bay's number. No matter where or when they play them, I'm going Tom Brady. I, I'm never going against that guy again. Cowboys at Giants. Who would have thought this would be a big game? Mm, I want to go to Giants. I something sneaky about Dayball, man. They, they're not good, but neither are the Cowboys. I just I'm going with the better coach. 
And as the Giants? It's Giants, yeah. I, I've got the Giants as well. So we agree on all of them, but the Packers. But hey, Tom Brady, don't let me down. Now, this is where this is where we're going to differ. See, you left these four games out, and I can't believe you because I feel like you just wanted to breeze by them. First of all, there's no way we're not having the Thursday night game, and we're not predicting that. Well, it depends when this show airs. See, doesn't you, matter. You gotta think the, the show doesn't wise. matter. These posts, are going, these posts are going up tomorrow, so these picks will be in there tomorrow. So let's go with the Thursday night prime time, your Steelers versus the Browns. You know what? I'm going Steelers. Let's go Steelers. I'm going Steelers. Me too. Oh, this is either, come on. This is either going to be the game Mr. Trubisky balls out or he gets benched. Or he gets way, I think he I agree. I, I said it today. I said, hey, he gets a third game here. Maybe he makes it through it, but if they don't win or the offense looks bad again, Pickett's going in game four. All right, this next game is the one I want to watch strictly because I think it's just going to be fireworks. Rams at Cardinals. Do you now? Interesting. You know what? I got to go with my guy, McVay. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm picking <sighs> McVay. Come on. How do I make up any ground? Now, these Are you going to do I think this we'll... all year? These Yo. two, I think, will differ on. I can't believe you didn't put this game on it because it's not a homecoming, but it kind of is. Eagles versus the Commanders. It's Wentz going back to play them. You know what? I'm going Washington. All right. He's he's buying the Wentz hype. I'm going to Eagles. I think they got probably top three defense in the league, man. You saw it on Monday night, and I think they're going to be hungry to turn Wentz over. I told you from the beginning of the year, you got to watch out for Washington. They're not going to be an easy out. Okay. I think this game will be close. These are the All type right. of games they win, All believe right. it or not. Now, this game, I cannot believe you didn't put on there because, to me, I think this is low-key the game of the week. This will be the highest-scoring game in the entire NFL. Lions versus the Vikings. Oh, I've got Vikings. After what happened Monday night, I got Vikings. Yeah, I got Vikings too. Kirk Cousins not playing on Monday night. He'll be normal again. <laughs> I think the Lions have played well, but the Vikings coming off that sort of game and the Lions getting off to actually a decent start, I, I think this has the making of a blowout for the Vikings. Like the Vikings blow out the Lions. No, nah, I think this game will be high scoring. It'll be close. Not right, so we'll sure. See. Not so sure. Let's let's remember that and see who's All right. right there. All right. So I can make up two games at most. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I gave you a shot and you just didn't take the bait, but whatever. What do you mean? How am I going to go against my Steelers? How am I going to go against McVay? I, I mean, I took Washington. I don't understand what I got to do. All right. So uh, is that it, or do you have any other surprise? No, 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 that, no. That was it. I don't want to piss you off more than you already are. I'm not. I'm. I'm always happy to do this show with you, bro. I'm always happy. It's, it's great. It's great. At least I know at the end of the day I'm going to win something. At, at At the end of the day, I know that we have a show. I'm going to win the debate. So yeah, I, I just day. love how your delusion your delusion level just increases every time you get on camera. That that means you're a superstar in the making. Like if yeah, you just believe yeah. your own your own BS, hey man, you're gonna be you're gonna be a superstar. Speak it into existence. Listen, hey, like Ice Cube said, today was a good day. Today was a good day. We'll All see. Right. We'll see next week when we add up these scores. 
And and today was a was a was a good episode. All right, JT. Let's make it great next time. But thank you to everyone for listening. As always, and remember to subscribe to us, JT and the Don All Sports Pack Podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever you find all of your other favorite podcasts. And remember, if you like what we do, leave us a five-star review. And JT, if you don't like what we do, leave us a five-star review. And remember to please follow us on social media, our handle, JT and the Don. We can be found on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and Twitter. So JT, great episode. It was fun as always. Here's to a great start to week three with my Steelers. So, JT, until the next episode, see ya. Peace.